Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. That's me. And my person riding shotgun, Annette. Hello, Annette. <laughs> Hello, Ed. How are you tonight? Okay. Try to get a little closer, kid. Okay. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good. Every- um, we were just talking about something. It's all going to work out fine. Yeah, everything is, yeah. It's okay. Good. It is showing up good. on this side of the screen. Uh, awesome. I gotta say, too, the best thing that we've had with Blog Talk Radio is if mm-hmm. need to talk offline, we can actually communicate from yeah. the website to each other if need need be. As happened about two minutes ago, so um, that worked out real good. So. Okay, good. good. <laughs> how is how is the? Did you guys get snow? We did. In fact, I took my son out to a friend's house and came back. And you know, I live up on top of a hill, and boy, I had to get two or three runs at it to get up that hill tonight. So it was a little slippery, but now it's all melted. So I think we're it's act. You know, it's like it never happened. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's been snowing since this morning. And is still it sticking? Snow. Yeah, it was sticking pretty good for a while. Ooh, and as it yeah. got to be around 3 o'clock, then it started melting. I guess the temperature got up there. But it's a real yeah. heavy, wet, slushy snow. You know, so yeah. it, uh, well, it's supposed to be 50 tomorrow, so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> that was it. Yeah, hopefully that was it. Um, anything you have coming up that you want to give an announcement for? Well, actually, I do. So I'm on my fourth annual Gnomes Day Out Fairy Festival, and I yeah. put together Talk this a little fairy louder. festival. <clears throat> I put together oh. this fairy festival every year, and it raises a little money towards youth conservation education in Northwest Indiana. And the fairy festival, you have to imagine, it's like a Renaissance fair for little children. So we dress up as fairies and gnomes and, oh, we have games and prizes and challenges and treasure hunts. We have a ball. And we do it out in Michigan City, Indiana. And people can go to our Facebook event page, uh, Facebook at Gnomes Day Out, all squished together, G-N-O-M-E-S-D-A-Y-O-U-T, Gnomes Day Out. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. I got people from around the world looking at that page nowadays. So in our fourth year, I'm getting pretty excited for a big turnout this year. Cool, cool. And I'm happy to see that you keep on doing it. And as you see, as time goes on, it builds and builds and builds uh, more people showing and stuff like that. So that's... Those first few years are tough, but here, we, uh, hopefully we've, we've hit it running now. <laughs> super, super, super. And I got to ask you something about the fairy world, okay? Yes. Are there evil fairies in the fairy worlds? Well, sure. I mean, there is always a a black side and a white side and a gray down the middle. So there are plenty of mischievous fairies in the realm. Plenty. Hmm. Is there going to be any mischievous fairies there? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, okay. otherwise I won't shine looking so good if there's not some evil hanging around, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Um, are we ready? you want to bring Mark on? I would love to. So I'm about to introduce Mark Hagen. And Mar- I have known Mark since he was a young guy, very young, actually. Um, I was friends with his family, and his father and I were in a band together back in the 80s. So Mark has grown up knowing me, lucky him, <laughs> and he's done lots of paranormal investigation. He's involved in all kinds of fun stuff, too. So I would like to present my friend, Mark Hagen. Hi, Hello, Mark. Hello. Hello. Can you Hi. hear me? The, the unexplained world, a world that you may be accustomed to. <laughs> so. Sadly, yeah. Oh, sadly or excitingly, depending on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Good. Go ahead, so, I, like I said, I've known Mark for a very long time, but we've recently. Yeah, uh, and Annette's under. She she's underselling oh. that. She's known me since <laughs> I was a baby. So. <laughs> and Mark, you just had a birthday. You're what now? Twenty twenty one. I wish I just turned thirty five on Friday. Wow. Okay, so Mark and I have known each other over thirty years. Holy cow, <laughs> that flew by way too fast. But recently, we've had a chance to get reacquainted, and we've been yes. doing some mischief together. Um, and he was letting he was we were talking more about the things we've done in our past, what's been going on since we lost contact a little bit there in the middle. And he was uh, letting me know that he was a paranormal investigator, uh, even though sometimes he likes to play Ghostbuster, which makes it seem a little bit more on the comedy side. But he's got some serious investigation stuff going on. Or and let me t- uh, you know. You know yeah, what? Interesting clarify. little little, Help me out. little tidbit that's actually interesting about doing the paranormal and any investigating is dressing up like a Ghostbuster. Yeah. You tend to like um, we've done some investigations in Gary, and nothing go. You know, it's the easiest way to do it because instead of someone looking at you going, "What are you doing searching around this building?" Oh, somebody finally called the Ghostbusters about a ghost. That building's haunted. Go about your way. True story, I've had it happen multiple times with some of the police officers when we're doing investigations and somebody, like, they see us rooting around where normally it would be kind of that hassle. They're like, oh, you're the Ghostbusters. Go right ahead. Really? That is great. Huh. It's wonderful. Yeah. And now, what, do you, do you can, let me, can I jump in there for a second? Um, sure. A couple things. Do you, do you catch any flack from the other investigators' teams? You've been well, in this long I know, enough. You, I know. Mark, so much, you've been I, in this long enough. That you know, people oh, create well, their own self expectations, okay, of what it, well, it must be and what it, it, it turns. Well, it turns out that some of like some of the, a couple other groups in Illinois that are paranormal investigator groups, um, yeah. they're they're also Ghostbusters as well. That's they they it's the same thing. They because their love of the paranormal, they from watching Ghostbusters or being part of it, they got into it, or they were already paranormal investigators. So I've actually met a few guys who are part of different paranormal investigative like groups and everything. So I don't really have a whole lot of blowback where it comes to being the, you know, the ghostbuster for fun and then still doing it for real. How is this basically the fun and real part? I was talking about showing up at the locations dressed in the well, ghostbuster outfits. Um. Well, usually with that, like if if it's like if it's like, like I tend if I go with a group of, it, it's one of those it's situational. It depends if like if I'm going with the guys that are the other ghosts that do, that do the Ghostbusters hobby as well. Yeah. If, if we plan on all being in uniform, then we do. Otherwise, it's just plain clothes. It it's not like I just show up and they're like, hey guys, I didn't tell you I'm showing up in my Ghostbusters suit and I'm gonna look I'm you know draw unnecessary attention to what we're doing. Okay. All right. I was just asking because you were saying about the police in there. All right. Yeah, no, um, like what that one happened, like for that, that was like we were in, we were in Gary and we were going to investigate the Methodist church. And mm-hmm. technically you're supposed to have a permit to even like go in there. And when we first started, we were just being, we were, we were like, let's go check out the, this church. And I brought some photographers and different people like with me. And unfortunately the only way in was through a literally a hole in the wall. Yeah. So as I was, as we were climbing into the hole in the wall, 
the police pulled up and were like, uh, okay, this is going to go one of two ways because technically this is private property and we're breaking and entering. And like mm-hmm. I said, so we, were, we were expecting the worst, and the police were like, oh, my God, somebody finally called, called you guys. It's about time. I've been complaining to my captain for months and was ecstatic and just waved us on and let us go through. That's good. So That's it was good. like. All right, Annette, that's I just say that. That's wonderful. That's good. Oh, no, I just say that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so or in Mark, some cases. Us... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go on. No. I was, no, was, was going to say. Someone... Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, in some cases, like, some of the places I've got to actually, like, kind of see and even just be in was because yeah. I was dressed as a Ghostbuster. Like, we met. We were walking around downtown, downtown Chicago one day, on just a random Tuesday afternoon. We were just me and my me and my buddy were just being out and just walking around and being silly. And the producer for Dateline NBC that did the that did the Amy Amy Smart um, profile stopped us okay. and they started asking us questions. And then she's like, "Oh my God, you guys have to we have to go to my bank. It's been there since the 20s, and I want you guys. You know, they say the bank vault's haunted. This and that." And she marched us down the street to her bank, talked to the bank manager, whoever, and now we're in the bank vault dressed as <laughs> Ghostbusters. And we're like, okay, who would have let us do – we would have never been able to do this in plain clothes, so we're, now we're here. Do you carry any equipment on you when you're um, – actual equipment um, that you can use when you're doing this? It depends. It depends. Like, I mean, we have, have – uh, sometimes we bring, like, we do have a set of – Night vision goggles that one person, you know, we, we bring those for, you know, to try to see stuff. We have EMF detectors. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it really just depends what we're, what we're going into and to like, um, we have what we, we, what we call our like Chicago guidebook and it's just, it's supposed to be, you know, all the hot spots of hauntings around mm-hmm. Chicago that we use. Mm-hmm. Like the first year we went out that anytime we went out, even just as like a publicity thing to take photos, we yeah. use this guidebook as our location guide. So while we were there, we would check it out, and it was kind of like multitasking. Mm-hmm. So, like okay. anywhere from Harpo, Harpo Studios, because they're supposed to, it's supposed to be haunted yeah. from the right, and then to you know, um, Lincoln in, Park, in, the other locations, yeah, yeah, Lincoln Park, because you know the, the you have the 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 mass graveyard that's still under the zoo, right. yeah. Okay, and then take it. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask Mark when he first got started. Just being interested in paranormal investigation was. Did you have a personal experience that got you rolling, or just a curiosity? Um, I've always kind of been interested. Um, you know, when um, growing up in the, in the house we grew up in, and oh, I grew up in Dalton. There was always mm-hmm. rumor. Like I always swore I saw stuff, and I had r- heard rumors from like the neighbors that the, the the guy who had owned the house before us had committed mm-hmm. suicide in the garage. Ooh, I so, forgot that. And heard all these different little stories about just terrible things. And, like, there would be times where I swear I watched stuff move, uh, glasses had broken, just different random things where it was like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're younger and you, know, you try to tell your parents and my dad uh, – you know, he, he loved, you know, and that was the other thing. My dad was a big believer of the weird and the, the unusual, like every week we watched, you know, unsolved mysteries. And so it was kind of, I grew up in that environment of, I was curious about it and then started seeing stuff. So I just kind of kept going with it. Okay. So, and then, and then, so and what, then what I want to get thinking? to see. Oh, yeah. What do you think has been your favorite location that you've been to where you really got some good activity? The, the craziest stuff that I ever saw, honestly, was so, you know, I, I, I don't know if you, you know that, you know, you know, my parents built, had a house built in Mantino mm-hmm. on top of the, what used to be the morgue of the Mantino Mental Institution in Mantino, Illinois. So, oh, that explains a lot. So once we move, once, once, you know, they moved down there and I'd go spend weekends down there, 
I have seen everything from full on like like mirage images to like my my favorite story to say about Mantino is every night at 2 a.m. in the summertime there's this fog that rolls in and it makes no sense like if you know anything about me like fog it shouldn't be happening and the fog will roll in and if you sit there long enough you start seeing images of different like people just going about like it was their normal day around the grounds of what used to think where things used to be so you'd see like you'd see like nurses, you'd see patients, doctors, and then when I started investigating the tunnels before they started destroy like decommissioning the tunnels underneath, because the whole place was a labyrinth of secret tunnels. So like when inspections came out, they'd hide people down in the tunnels and move them around. And the problem was is that even though the hospital has been decommissioned, half of it is used by the Illinois veterans as uh, an Illinois veterans home. So you had, you, you had parts that were kind of bricked off and closed off, but when they first built the house, a lot of the old dormitories were still there. So you could go, in the, you could go down the stairs and down in, into the tunnels. And I've seen everything from, you know, the, the, the candles, you know, just crystallize, the air crystallizing around me to you'd look through a window and you'd swear you'd seen people and there was stuff going on. You'd turn the corner, look in the same window, the same window on the corner of the building, and there was nothing there. Wow. Did you ever record a fog that you were talking about? Um, the, Did you ever videotape The it? fog, un- unfortunately, the fog, what would happen is you would, you would take a few, if you took photos of the fog, either you would get just blackness, which made no sense because there was street lights and everything, or it would just be a very grainy, washed out, like smoke. Like it would look like, it looked like if you tried to f- f- photograph cigarette smoke. That's what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but that's all you would see. You wouldn't see anything. Like you could take a picture of a person, and you'd just see the smoke blocking out the, pe- the the people in the photo. Have we met before? Uh, you and I. I got a feeling we uh, may have. Got a feeling we uh, may have met under. With Mantino also involved, um, when it was I the one building was boarded up and everything, or your name came up or know. something. But I've been in this nineteen it's, years, so yeah, it could. It's, yeah. Po- it's possible we're talking. So the Mantino stuff when I was doing that was two thousand three through like two thousand five before they decommissioned the rest of the buildings. Yep, and. And it was kind of sporadic because the, the nice the, the the opportunity was there since my parents had now had the house. Mm-hmm. I would just go. I'm going to go out and walk the dog, and me and the dog would go kind of explore and whoever and sometimes I'd bring friends and different people with me because they didn't believe me and I'm like, you have to see this stuff because like you yeah. could go down, and like because the crazy thing is about especially in the 70s when they closed that place down, they didn't take anything out of there. They just they left it, even. Yeah. Even in the 2000s, you could go and find a room that still had patients' shoes and, like, notebooks. And you're, and you're just talking years of vandalism, but there's still stuff was there, from straight jackets to wheelchairs to – and when you went into the tunnel, there was even, in, in a couple of them, the early prototypes of the electroshock mach- electro- electrolysis machine were still there. Mm-hmm. And, and the rumors were – if you can, if you got to the breaker and you hit the breaker, the power would still come on. The time but I'm never found that. Yeah, the time I'm speaking about would Ben, and you're probably aware of this, when an individual is uh, making claim to the fact that they bought the place, the last standing, and they were going to convert it and stuff like that, um, or paranormal nights and stuff like that. Uh, so. So you're talking that's probably going to be closer to the late, the early 2000s or so when the Diversitech, the Diversitech Corporation that, that bought it turned it into the Diversitech campus as they were starting to uh, tear down buildings and build homes. Yeah. And there was one building left, and an individual bought it, and they had this – Oh, they had this concept where they were going to charge and that, and they caught flack from the paranormal people because, you know, most 
paranormal people don't believe they should pay for anything. So uh, yeah, well, uh, the other yeah. issue was the state came in because all those buildings were ripe and full of as uh, open asbestos. So right, that was the, that was even, that was just trying to raise money to clean that out, and yeah, and everything but, fell apart. Well, interestingly enough, the main building, which was used to be the the admitting office and the administration center, is still in in use today by Homestar Bank. It's when you first pull in the the campus, it's still there. Um, Mm -hmm. A few of the other smaller buildings are used as a local distribution center for Frito-Lay. Yeah. And like I said, the veterans home is still just, it's all the old buildings and the tunnels are still there and everything. It's just you, you'll never get access from the state to go in there. No, no, no. So, okay. Because I had a couple inc- incidents where the uh, the Kankakee County Sheriff showed up to escort mm-hmm. everyone out because there's other paranormal investigators there like uh, one weekend. And the only uh, reason that they didn't give me slack was I pulled pulled out my ID and said, "Hey, I live literally across the street. I was just walking my dog." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just your name when you start talking about that things started coming back to me and I think that there might have been your name may have came come up back in the day, but that was a while ago. So Annette, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Pretty interesting, right? Okay, so Mark, <clears throat> last time we got together, um, was mentioning to me that he saw the winged creature and I'm not sure Mark, what's a good name for that thing? I say it looks kind of like it, it's literally like it would be like it's as weird as it is. It kind of looks like a giant man bat, almost out of straight out of a comic book. Like it's the the craziest thing. And in interim, since we were talking about it, and when I shared the link on Facebook that I was going to uh, be doing be, be doing the show with you guys, another friend of mine who I grew up with was telling me about how she saw it closer to St. John. Oh, okay. She followed. She said she followed it down forty-one, and it matches the exact same description. What are it's it's man-sized? Yeah, it's it's definitely about man-sized, and like when it because the rumor, the the, the the demissive claim is that it's a it's a some like crane or something like a, a whooping crane that come that migrates into the area, but. Mm-hmm. After seeing it, there's it's not. It, I've seen those same like herons and cranes. It definitely yeah. wasn't a bird. What no, area? Ha- like, I saw it um, just south of Wolf uh, Wolf Lake in uh, Hammond, Indiana. Like it was right as you're coming down Calumet Avenue, and it's where the old where the old Klein on ramp was. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask and, you a question. Is hmm. that Wolf Lake? Is it like a campground or open field, or open lake for the public, or what? It's it's got a a stage and a pavilion. Um, the thing okay. is, and it fits with like the where the other sightings had been at the time. Like people had seen it uh, just north when you got back into Chicago in Calumet Park. Mm-hmm. And the, the, one of the one of the patterns that seemed to fit with every time any sightings of it has been, it's near water. So yeah. it's either for to drink or it it preys on waterfowl or fish maybe even. Was this during the day or at night? This was at this was at night. And, okay. And it was. Have you camped like out so over we, in the area? I mean, have you? What? Well, how how we saw it was it was actually the craziest thing. We were we were driving down the road. It was you know it was a summer day. It was summer night. Windows yeah. were open. For whatever, we came up to the stop. There's a stoplight right there, and as we're sitting there, we just we are we just start hearing. Uh, it was me and uh, my fiance, and we were we start hearing like this leathery like it sounded like a like a long leather coat flapping, and we turned mm-hmm. our heads and we just see this. We can hear the flapping of the wings, and we see like this. It had it was like glowing red eyes, and kind of like looked over as it took off into the sky. And it moved, it moved pretty good. It was moving at a good pace. We stopped, and by the time we turned around, or whatever, it was long gone. And you've seen this more than once. I, and then, yeah, I saw it again in the in that same spot on the overpass a few months later. Like I was telling um, one of my buddies, who's the the co-founder of the South Shore Ghostbusters, with me, and 
who does the paranormal investigating with me, we were, I was telling him about it. And he was, you know, he's usually our straight man. He's more of the, like, skeptic. And he's like, I don't know, man, maybe it was a bird or something, you know. Like, yeah. he's like, you know, I'm not saying you didn't see something weird. but And we're driving, same spot, we come, we're, as we're coming up to the light. He slows down. He's like, let's see. And he sees something. He's like, what the hell is that on top of the, the overpass? And he just sees this thing kind of, like, hunched over, swooping. Like, and we, what we could tell, what the best we could gather is that it was probably trying to prey on some bird, because it was right by where, like, the birds will sleep at night or whatever. And again, you know, he see, we seen it, we turn around, and same thing, it took off into the sky. And because it, whatever it is, it's kind of a dark, it's got to be, it's a darker color. And against the night sky, couldn't see where mm-hmm. it went, and it just took off. Cool. Well, do I got ideas for you? Um, <laughs> then, what ideas? Go ahead. What? And to be, and to be honest, no, I ideas? drive by that. I drive by that spot four times a day, twice yeah. in the day, twice at night now, and I've been on the look for it every time. I haven't seen it back yet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's amazing that so many people have seen it. You know that yeah. by now we haven't quite put our finger on what it is. It, it it it's really crazy because I think the last the, the last sighting that just came in they were saying it was closer up in the western suburbs now. Oh. I so do we think a, it's I've, just one? I mean, so far it, the only reason I wouldn't if it if it's more than one whatever it is, they're they're definitely they they definitely stick to stick in, they're not not like they pair up or anything because it's always just one thing that someone sees. Got it. Thing mm. is, <clears throat> creatures of habit, it eventually will be back in that area. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Your area. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I will give, I will you, contact the nut about the idea, but go ahead and that. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I want you to talk about the Ghostbusters thing. Are there any, you know, tell tell us about the South Shore Ghostbusters. Um, you joined a couple of groups that were Ghostbusters and then decided to get off on your own. Well, actually, with us, when we so we started, it started out as the silliest, like, just kind of joke. Like, I was, uh, you know, I, was, I had a buddy who had uh, the whole, like, the whole Ghostbusters setup, and he was going through an unfortunate time where he got laid off from his job. He, I guess he stored all this stuff in his office. And when he, we had to bring, when he lost his office, we went to bring it home. His wife's like, you aren't bringing this home. We have no room for this. You know, you gotta, you gotta do something with it. And I seen him around Halloween and he's like, look, I want to, you know, we're going to get rid of this. And I'm like, Hey, I'll take it. And as, as, as it went on, we finally got, went and got this. I found like, I'm like, well, if I got, you know, the proton pack and stuff, the prop, I'm like, I want the suit. I'm going to put it, hang it all up in my office and it'll look cool. And, you know, when I was a kid, that's all I wanted. And my buddy Steve was like, "Hey, you know what, man? You got all the stuff on. Come on, let's go outside. You know, you want to just, you know, you want to just go walk outside and at once and see how it feels and what happened." And we walked out the door, and I was living, I was living in Chicago, and one of the one of the local local like you know drunks was walking by and freaked out, and just and my, and we had the we had the had the biggest laugh out of it. So we were like, well, why don't we, uh, he's like, why don't we just keep doing this? Let's see what else happens. Like, he's like, there's that whole line in Ghostbusters where they're like, oh, they're just a bunch of phonies with a, you know, consummate laser light show. Let's, let's just play up that and go have fun with it and see where it takes us. And that lasted for, I think about a week before it was, we're out and about and just kind of having fun to people like, oh, my God, I've seen a ghost. I want you to come check out my attic. Or I work here. Come come with me. Come see this room. And we kind of were like, oh, wow, we can legitimately look for ghosts. And what, cause we thought we were just going to be laughed at. Right? We were going to be like, ha, look at these big goofballs. And it was <laughs> the exact opposite. And then as we did more stuff, yeah, we met some other groups who were already out there, and they were like, it was like a one group was a straight up a theater true, another group, and then we ended up meeting some guys from Galena, Illinois, and they were like, "Oh, we're actual paranormal investigators too, and we do this," and we came we became quick friends, and we were like, "Oh, this is awesome," 
And as we, and the more we went on, we started kind of doing charity work as we were like, well, if we're going to do this, let's make it worth, we can give back to the community. Cause one, one night we were walking through Whiting, Indiana, and I guess this, this lady who was trying to find Ghostbusters for her son's birthday the whole year beforehand. And we ran into him and we stopped and took pictures with him and talked with him and everything made this kid's day. She went on Facebook and just wrote this whole wonderful thing about how nice it is that there's people out in the world that are giving back and everything. And at that point we were like, kind of switched our focus to let's do more of this for let's get keep giving back to our community. This is really nice that, you know, we can have fun and do what we want, but gives back to our community and, you know, spread, spread a little joy. You know, there's enough things that bring people down. Let's do something that brings people up. That's great. That's great. So Mark came with his crew uh, last October to do a pancake breakfast with the Ghostbusters for me to raise money for my conservation education stuff in Northwest Indiana. And we had the best time. The kids adored it. And these Ghostbuster guys and women, we have lady and male Ghostbusters. In fact, how many people right now would you say suit up and come along, Mark? How big is the group right now? Um, in, let's see, in the group right now, I think we're at, we have local members that are, that are here on, that are kind of on call. It's about 10, 10 to 12. And then we have reserve members that are in, uh, from Western Illinois, Iowa, and Rockford right now. So it brings us up to closer to about 20 people. (laughs) That's great. So they they come out and um, entertain and have some music. You know, we were, we were together at the um, Comic-Con. At NWI Comic-Con, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I walked around the place kind of checking it out. But that Ghostbuster corner, it was rocking. You know, they had every version. I don't know how many versions of Ghostbusters have been re-recorded, but there are many <laughs> fun if versions of the, the song. If I bring out the big playlist, it's something like 200 plus songs that I have found on Spotify so far. Wow. But but just so fun. You know, they're all kind of dancing and the kids are coming up and they're getting group shots and they're fun and corny, but, you know, totally approachable. The guy, the, this group is having so much fun and, like they said, giving back and they're the ones that get down on their knee and hug the kid and say hi and go bust a ghost. So I'm just so proud of the fact that, you know, they can take something that was just kind of a, a goofball move to put on a suit and throw on a fake proto, uh, photon pack to this outreach, you know, that make kids are can approach them. And it's just so nice. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, we try to take hey, – the last couple of years, we picked different chari- we picked different charities every year. Uh, one year, we gave to one of the local animal shelters. We raised a couple hundred dollars for them. Uh, we've done the American Cancer Society Relay for Life a few a few times. For we've done like three or four different relays in different areas. Like we were out there one night walking the track. It was like balmy, like 80 degrees, and we were out there walking the track for five hours just to, you know, raise everybody's spirits and help raise money. So Now, uh, if somebody just, wants to find the South Shore Ghostbusters, tell us how we can find you. Uh, we are on Facebook. It's just you search South Shore Ghostbusters, and it's, it's like our Facebook address is actually facebook.com backslash South Shore Ghostbusters, all one word. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, and it's all just under South Shore Ghostbusters. Okay, that's nice, easy. Nice, nice, nice. Where, um, have you been to that midnight, because I've seen Ghostbuster teams there, have you been to the at, um, midnight flea market? Um, um, I've belonged to, I've to uh, groups that have, that have been, who've been there. Um, yeah. I've okay. never made it out there because for me, it's a three hour drive to get to the wow. all night flea market. Okay. So usually, and, and usually at the, at like that, the last couple of times where I was going to go, we had other events that were closer. So we kind of split up and it was like five guys went there. A couple mm-hmm. guys went here. Some other people were there. Mm-hmm. Cause the, okay. 
it, it it's definitely a big ebb and flow of how much stuff we have to do. <laughs> yeah. Whose car is that in the pictures, the Ghostbuster car? Uh, the pictures with me, the, the the one where it's the actual movie car, that was yeah. an event. Oh, the movie the car? City, okay. well, the, well, the city, well, it actually belongs to the Volo Auto Museum. The city of Whiting, when we got started, because we did a lot of stuff in Whiting, because one of the guys who I started the group with lived in Whiting. Um, they were doing one of their, they do cruise nights every Wednesday night during the summer. And mm-hmm. each each one that they try, when they do their big cruise nights, they try to get in like specialty cars and stuff. And since we had been doing all this stuff for, with the city, they were like, we're getting the Ghostbusters car. We would really like if you guys came out and we're walking around and to take pictures with everyone while we have the Ghostbusters car out. And so that's how that happened. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought somebody uh, spent a little of their nest no, and bought one. <laughs> or have one made no, there's a, couple, there's, there's a couple guys that have their cars that they've made or yeah, come close, yeah, I, but... Uh, that one was so uh, bo- that one was Volos. Any of the ar- oh, sorry. I'm sorry, was it? Have you ever met any of the actual Ghostbusters from the movies? Or do I you have think you met- might be invited to try and uh, to come along and do a movie? Um, so we, uh, in, our, in the first year we were doing it, uh, there was a there was an event at uh, Benny's, and I believe it was. Oh, it was Western suburb. I think it was closer to Schaumburg. I don't remember the exact location. Uh, Dan Aykroyd came out since he does his crystal head uh, vodka. And we mm-hmm. went out there and we got there. We got there ridiculously early because we were all excited because we're all giant, you know, especially you look at Dan Aykroyd's been in like every movie that you could think of from the 80s, you know, through the 90s. He's in like everything. And yeah. so me and my friends, we got up early. We went and we were out there. Uh, they took the people from Benny's contacted Dan Aykroyd. So he was like, well, these are the first people I want to talk to when I come out here. And we sat there. He, the event started at four 30. Like, so we got there at nine in the morning. We want to wow. be the first in line. <laughs> and he, he called back and told them to come out. And then he had people come out and tell us like, Hey, you guys can go get lunch, go do whatever you want. You're, you're the first people in line, no matter what. And Dan came in and, you know, we had the, to the and we had the Ghostbusters theme playing, and first thing he did is walked in, shook all of our hands. He made sure there was a table. He got a table set up, sat down, talked to each of us for twenty minutes, about twenty minutes or so, signed autographs, took pictures with us, and we were in the we were in the Tribune for when he when he did it and everything. Like he was the he was the coolest dude. Like he was, it was one of those moments where I think he was almost as starstruck as we were, and he even told us he's like, you know, it, it, it's it's it warms my heart. This is something I created over 30 years ago to see people still embracing it and out here, you know, doing this and seeing you guys all dressed up and seeing your stuff. And, and it was just, he was, it was super cool. It was, it was an amazing experience. That's very nice of him. Very nice. I'm sorry. Was that? That was very nice of him. Very, very, very. Yes, it was. It was, it was super nice of them. Like it was one of those, like we went to the event it was supposed to be, and part of the reason we were, we, we were definitely on board. Like it was like, you know, uh, pay X amount of money, you get a, get a bottle signed and all the money's going to a vet, uh, wounded warriors veterans organization. And my, my co-founder, he's a veteran. So he was like, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely on board with this. This is definitely worth doing. And like he had told, you know, he told Dan about it and he was like, Oh my God, no, thank you for serving. It was just like I said, one of the most amazing experiences, and he's you know, the nicest. He was the nicest guy to meet. Um, last summer, I met Ernie Hudson, who was Winston. He was uh, he was super nice too. Um, when we went, we we got to we had the experience of like where Annette had asked if we were ever asked to be in the movie. We never got to ask to be in the movie or anything, which for the most part I'm nowhere interested. I am not an actor. I don't want to be an actor. Um, but what was fun was that they had, when they were doing the last movie in 2016, they invited multiple groups from around the world to come to LA for the red carpet premiere of the new movie. And so we got, so we were, we got to go and me and my fiance were in, in the grandstand and like Dan Aykroyd remembered meeting, remembered meeting me, was talking to us. She got to meet Annie Potts, Kate McKinnon, all kinds of like, and everyone was super nice. 
Nice. That's great. <laughs> now, is it true that we're going to have a Ghostbusters 3? That's according to according to the, the, the head, which, like, it, it's happening. I've seen the news first from the head of Sony Pictures' uh, Ghost Corp division, who does all their who's in charge of all their, their Ghostbusters stuff. And he was the first one to share it. Now it's every other couple couple weeks there's updates on this new movie. And it's by Jason. It's Jason Reitman, who is, you know, the son of the original director. And if you've seen the, seen the second Ghostbusters movie, his claim to fame in the Ghostbusters universe is he's the one who walks up to Dan Aykroyd at the birthday party and says, my dad says you're full of crap. <laughs> is it? Fine. Yes. I got a question for you, paranormal. Um, sure. For you in Indiana, if there was people, individuals, uh, general public, let's put it that way, interested in going to some public open places uh, to investigate or to experience, what would you suggest? Well, I know... So I know the Lake County Courthouse does a couple times, a uh, couple times during the summer and the fall, they do overnight paranormal investigation tours. So like you can stay mm-hmm. in the jail overnight and you get to see that. Um, that's something that's kind of if you're, it, you know, if you're just, you know, uh, if you're not willing to kind of go and brave, brave the elements or be on your own, it's kind of more of a, a guided thing. Um, there's a couple different tours I've done through. Uh, uh, downtown Chicago, which right, let's for, not talk about Chicago. Let's. I'm curious on the Indiana well, area. Um, well, you got to remember. Well, where I'm at, where I'm at in Indiana, Chicago is a tw- is less than 20 minutes away, so it's kind of a okay a bounce between the two. So okay, because um, I pretty much Northwest, covered uh, Illinois area. Um, yeah. So I'm curious on uh, Indiana. Is there places that um Individuals can go. Don't have to go on a tour. Could go wander and explore. Um, see, that's the hard part. Is the, the the most known places in Indiana have all been like take uh, Reader Road, for instance. Reader Road is there, but because it is it's cordoned off and it's private property, you know, most of the most of the the hot spots or or whatnot are private property, or so you run the risk that if you can actually do it. So um, no. Go ahead. I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there's anything off the top of my head. I mean, that you could just kind of wander. Because um, I know that there's the legend of the, the the lady in the red dress on Klein Avenue that none of us have seen yet, but have been trying to see. Yeah. Um. So that Reader Road is supposed to be the hotbed, but you can't go down that at all now. Hmm. Uh, so both um, that's active, um, but they prefer tours that don't go in there, so it would have to be on an individual basis type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, the park, uh, you mean? Because you got, yeah. Yeah, you got the, the you got place the... we've experienced yeah. stuff at. How's that? Uh, yeah, just not at night. No nighttime trips. They don't want you in there at night. <laughs> yeah, because there's because there's the Gypsy Cemetery. You could do that, um, but Look again, that runs the risk. The, the the gate the the groundskeeper there is he's kind of intense. He is multiple times we've been out there. He has shown up with a shotgun in hand because you're trespassing. Oh, it's trespassing. It, I think during the day you're okay. I think you're I think you're okay at, at during the day. I unfortunately yeah. only went there at night, so. Yeah. Well. Sometimes I've gotten um, some of my best stuff out in the public places during the day. So yeah, um, at cemeteries and stuff like that. And, yeah, because uh, I know I know that uh, was that it's Calumet Cemetery that's right there on the border of Gary and that would technically be Merrillville. Um, okay. On broad was that Broadway? I think um, that yeah. I, I've I've heard that's. I've heard from a, a, a guy that used to be a groundskeeper there that there's some there's some crazy stuff that happens. We went there once once upon a time at night, and yeah, it wasn't nothing that you could say for sure, but there was definitely some strange and odd things happening. So 
So. Okay, cool. Cool. Because there's people that want to do it. They don't want to get stuck in these tour stuff and they want to go wander. Right. Um, and sometimes I try to tell them, uh, go explore and find places. Don't just, you know, count on um, the parent paranormal people that tell you where to go. Um, go find locations, roadside memorials, stuff like that even. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's plenty of them out there. Um, instead of counting on the tours and stuff like that. Uh, because basically they're taking you to free places, any, at least in the Chicago area, they're taking you to free places anyway. So, um, Yeah. Uh, that's why I was curious about, because I created a whole... There's- whole list of places people could go in the Chicagoland area and don't have to be on the tour. They could investigate on their yeah, own. Um, so. In Indiana, like a lot of the places we were, we were investigate. And even then, like, I'm not sure it's been, it's been a good year because it's always changing over there. And, you know, it's, it's always good to have a local tour guide is there's a, there's a bunch of different like hot spots in Gary because you have all these schools that have been there for even just the schools that have been there for a couple you know, more than a few decades, and now they're decommissioned, and then there's the old, like, you know, amphitheater, there's the old, you know, post office, mm-hmm. even out, or just going around the around the buildings and stuff, sometimes you just, you know. You say, so Gary? Uh, Gary, down, Gary? Uh, around downtown Gary, Indiana. Okay, now, like, there's the old... <clears throat> my question to you, would you consider that a safe environment for people to go wandering around or no it i like we we've gone out there and i know we never had any problems but again like mm-hmm. I said, it, that's why i said it's kind of if it's helpful if you have someone that might know the area a little better or do some research like during yeah. the day even like we did we've done it night during the day the old abandoned uh train station uh, uh old uh union station that's there cool. yeah. nice and I mean, that one was, we literally just pulled up in the parking lot, walked past the barricades and, you know, and no one, we had no problems. We were, wand- we were wandering around there for, for hours. Yeah. Okay. And then the, my biggest thing is a personal safety tip is even if you do decide to go to Gary or any place like that, and you're investigating the building, be very mindful of your surroundings. Um, we were in the, the old uh, Methodist church one day. And as I'm explaining this to our fellow, our fellow members, hey, be careful, you know, floors might be rotted, whatever. I took the wrong step. I fell through the floor, and if I wasn't wearing my full Ghostbusters gear, I would have fallen thirty. I would have fallen thirty feet and probably died. I was literally wow. dangling through the through the floor in a hole. So, there's places, but again, safety first. Always be mindful and of your surroundings. Thing is, and, yeah, ladies and gentlemen who may be listening to this. Um, if it's a vacant place, make sure you got permission going in. Uh, yeah, that's because a- uh, trespassing. Uh, a lot of places ain't playing games with that today. Well, so, so interestingly, so like the city of Gary too. Um, if you look on their website for some of these historic places, because they are, you know, very photogenic and ph- photographers and different groups want to go look at them. Uh-huh. You can go register with the uh, through the city. And I think it's most of them started about fifteen dollars. You can get a permit to actually go through there, and like in some cases, if it's gated off or whatever, they'll give you they'll give you the, your your permit, and they'll give you you know the keys so you can unlock and go in there. And this way, if there is a if this way, you aren't aren't trespassing. I think you just gave a million dollar answer out to that. Right now, Mark, to a lot of people who may be listening to yeah, this. Yeah, we found uh, that out after the after that first incident at the church, where we're like we almost were, you know, we could have easily been been busted for trespassing or breaking and entering. Yeah, um, yeah. we had met a photo- we met a local photographer, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I can shoot you guys, and you guys can go investigate and stuff, whatever you want to do while we're in here. Um, I get I'll get a permit from the city. It's like fifteen bucks." And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, check the website. And there's the different, like, different buildings and stuff. And you can, you can get permits because, well, let's be real. City of Gary kind of wants whatever money they can get in. So they figure sure. yeah, we can make money. And this way it keeps people, it saves them the manpower of having to arrest you for trespassing as well. 
great, great, great information you just gave out there. Fantastic. Super, 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 super. Go ahead, Annette. So, Mark, I always like to ask people who are investigating the paranormal, what do you think might cause a haunting? What's your opinion? Mm, It could be anything from after dealing with personal experience. So after, you know, um, going back to Mantino, I've seen more stuff there probably than anywhere else in the world that I've been so far. But a good example is so after my dad had passed and I moved back home, we all, you know, the man loved his, he loved his stereo. We all know this. Whoever knew him, he loved his stereo. One night mm-hmm. I was playing with the stereo and, you know, listening to music, whatever, and I fell asleep. And my, I moved my bed. It was in, in his, you know, man cave basement that he had built. And all of a sudden I feel the bed shaking, like when somebody's trying to shake you awake and bounce in the bed. Mm-hmm. And I looked up, and there he is standing there, pointing at the stereo. And I'm like, Holy cow. and yeah, because I left the stereo on, and yeah, <laughs> I got up, got up, got up, turned, got up, turned it off, turned around, and he was gone. Oh, I so never it, heard that one. Oh, my, I've yeah, got the so bumps on that one. Yeah, so I mean, it could. I feel it could be anything from unfinished business to. You know, they just can't let go. Like, you know, I, you know, you hear the stories of um, one, one of the, one of the other ones I've seen was Whiting, Indiana, Beggar's Pizza. It used to be the old theater. Um, mm-hmm. The owner of Beggar's one day let us go and investigate the upstairs of, of Beggar's. Didn't tell us anything about the history or anything. And as we're getting ready to, we're, we're wrapping up. We didn't really see anything. Me and my buddy turn and we see what looks like some, like somebody hanging, like, like, in the corner. And we get downstairs, and we're like, we had the chills, and we're like, oh, my God. And we're talking to somebody, she's like, oh, you guys didn't know the story, did you? Um, there was an actress one time that, lo- that was in love with the, the lead, and he went for the other actress, so she went and hung herself in that corner because she couldn't have him. Ooh. And so, it's, so she's still waiting for, you know, his attention. I would, I, that's my theory, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. we, saw her, we saw this, you know, ghostly image of, of a of what used to be an old actress and you know, just like when in Mantino, all these these people that like I said, I don't know if they just couldn't let go or because, you know, like with that, so many people died there from typhoid unexpectedly. It's you know, they just I'm not I don't have a I don't have a definitive like idea on it because it's seen, you know, mm-hmm. in various incidences where it could be Unrequited, you know, unrequited love. It could be a personal unfinished business, or just that, you know, that, that they, maybe they just haven't realized that they've moved on. Right. I I have something that I'll pass on to Annette, Mark, and she could pass it on to you. It's a letter from a daughter of a nurse that worked at Mantino, and because the mom worked, she would bring the daughter in and have her sit to the side doing homework. And the girl mm-hmm. describes, or the woman describes, the things she's seen going on there when it was happening. Oh, yeah. You know, when, yeah. So I do have that, and I will uh, do my best to remember yeah. to pass it on to Annette. So yeah. Mantino is, the, you know, for, for a paranormal, it's no surprise. Like, that place is just. That place was a nightmare. Like, it might as well have been a concentration camp. Well, this talks about the torturing and everything else that went on in there. And she made friends with one of the patients. It was also a child. And the patient was put in there uh, because she wasn't obeying her parents and stuff like that. Yeah, like, you could... Yeah, that place was that place was crazy because you could you could have been sent there if you were a te- if you were a teen if you were a teenage uh, girl and you got pregnant you got you could, you got sent to Mantino. If you went came back from the war and you were having what now would be PTSD, you got sent there and it could be unnecessary surgery. That place is a is a hotbed of just reasons why I can see why people can't move on or have reasons to stay and try to like you know. It was torture. I, I think, yeah, I think some of them just wanted to want people to, you know, justice for what happened to them. <clears throat> place, place was torture. Yeah. 
I mean, I, oh, and another one, like, sometimes it's just, I think people in, in some cases, like, like, like with my story, I had lived, um, I was living in Chicago for, 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 for over a decade and the building I lived in, my, my landlord had told me about how his grandfather, they'd come to America. He had this, he lived the American dream. He, had, he got, he was a prisoner of he was in a concentration camp in world war two. When he got free, first thing he did was he came to America. They started a new life for their family and he built, bought this building and he put his heart and soul into this building. And after he passed around his birthday and everything, we would see him like I had seen him standing out in front of the house, like, like, you know, like I'd see someone admiring, like, Oh, look at, look at my house or see mm-hmm. him walking through the building. And with the family still living there, I feel like it's him checking up on the family to make sure everybody's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, kind we of protective what, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What keeps you driving? You believe in spirits. You believe they exist. You believe, etc. Experiences exist. What keeps you wanting? What are you? And I like to ask this, and I do it on the internet. What makes you want to keep on doing it once you know that they do exist? Well, well, isn't that the greatest question though? Is uh, what it's the 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 idea of what's the unknown? You know, is it is it real? Is it you know what happens when you die? Do you? Do you move on? Do you, you know, do you, is it reincarnation? It's just that basic human nature of kind of wanting to know what's next or, or the why, you know. Do you think that you'll uh, often find out? Death, actual you, death? Because I always got to say, I mean, we're, part, we're all going to know eventually. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> true. But at the same time, like part of it is, I think it's the con- this conspiracy of it all that there's definitely throughout history and time, there's, there's, quantifiable evidence of the paranormal and something else. You know, we, we know that most stories, you know, there's some, there's gotta be, there's some basis in reality somewhere. You take any, any type of, you know, from fairies to leprechauns to a spirits, you know, and then like you, you see spirits and stuff like that. So what's, why, why is this being, why is this being buried? Um, Good example is, I don't know if you if you if you watched it yet. Zach Baggins did his demon house in Gary. He did, he bought the demon house. It supposedly had the portal to hell, right. and right. there was yeah. demons and and spirits. Well, I'm I'm friends. I was friends with a couple. I know a couple of the officers that had come out, and before Zach Baggins had come out, and they were telling me about things that were going on there. And mm-hmm. even if you watch that documentary, he kind of glosses over quantifiable evidence of like of slime and the ectoplasm and he just goes oh there's oil on the window and he kind of skips over that there was so mm-hmm. much evidence in that house that's why he destroyed it he, he to the point that these officers who responded he as the story goes that i was told he bought all their phones off of them because he wanted no one else to have any of the evidence that he has cool Right. And it's one of those, there was enough evidence that it would have kind of blown the lid over, is this real or is this fake? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so who's trying to keep it quiet? That's a better question. Is it the church? Is it the state? Yeah. You know, we, we, we've all heard stories of Area 51 and the different things that are supposedly there from aliens to, you know, it could be, you know where they could have a, they could have Bigfoot locked in a locked in a tube somewhere. Yeah, that's the that's the better question is who who doesn't want people to know that these things are there. Well, by me doing all the house parties that I do, there's no question in my mind that people don't doubt it. So, as far as the general public goes, it seems like they're more set in accepting it than not accepting it. So. Well, we only got 35 seconds left. And Mark Hagen, it was very, very interesting. Thank you for being on. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Mark. Oh, no I hope problem. you enjoyed Anytime. it. I did. Annette, I thank you. Anytime. Okay. We will have you again. Um, Annette, okay. Thank you for arranging it. And uh, I hope it was enjoyable for you, Mark. Uh, it was. Good. Annette, was it enjoyable for you? <laughs> 
Yes, it was. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Listeners, thank you. I hope it was enjoyable for you. Until next time, goodbye. And blessed be.